This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You're with Lee Chui Lin and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, we're looking at a proposal for an employment scheme for senior citizens. This is aimed at uh, addressing poverty among older people. But the question is, what kind of society forces its old to work to sustain themselves? So, let us know, whose responsibility is it to care for the elderly? And what jobs might older people be best suited for? You can call 7733-2900, tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U-Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08. So let's um, start where the idea began because Professor Dr. Zumila Zainalaludin, who is a senior lecturer from the Faculty of Human Ecology at U- University Putra Malaysia, proposed a government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens. Now, she said this um, in an interview on Astro Awani and said that the aim of this would be to eradicate poverty among older people, um, pointing out, I think, some truths that that we're aware of, right? That many senior citizens have to get by with very little savings. Um, She went on to suggest that jobs like these should be tailored to a senior citizen's fitness, uh, their health condition. She talked about um, having them work part-time, four to five hours, having them be paid accordingly and saying that this, and I think this is just trying to get ahead of what is a common complaint, uh, saying that this should not come at the expense of younger people who are looking for jobs. Yeah, so one of the things that perhaps surprises us because we talk a lot about young people and such is that we are in fact an aging society, right? So the shape of our demographics is shifting and therefore I think government rightly is thinking about the future and setting in place uh, either schemes and such. She would not be the first to make suggestions about employment but also all to point to the need uh, for um, senior citizens with little savings to have some sort of support, right, from government. Uh, I believe the Socialist Party also uh, have made a proposal uh, to have a kind of pension, universal pension scheme for older people uh, so that they have at least some base amount of income on a monthly basis uh, to survive. I think that there are a few things to unpack here. And one is to perhaps lay out very early on the distinction between uh, a scheme like this existing because people want to work and a scheme like this existing because people have to work. And uh, to be clear, I think this is coming from the notion that people have to work, that they don't have enough money to sustain themselves into their old age, uh, to take care of their health, um, you know, for cost of living, that because of that lack of savings or buffer, that there is a need to continue earning a wage. So I, I want to make that clear because um, when we were talking about this earlier today, Sharad, I realised that I was open to the idea, more open than you, I think, um, mostly because I was raised middle class um, and I have never known a retired person in my family. Like, like they don't exist. So a lot of the people in my family who are septuagenarians, some octogenarians, are actually continuing to work. And so this is something that I'm familiar with. But as we were discussing it, I, I realised that we are not talking about people who choose to work for pleasure, right? We're talking about people who feel they have no choice. Yeah, the question, of course, is that why not a pension scheme so that uh, then the individuals who either want to work or you know, don't want to work and make that choice and still sustain themselves. We have some level of subsistence. Whereas this is a scheme that kind of combines two, I think. The, the, the help for people who have to work, but uh, with uh, an explicit demand from them that they should contribute in some form, right? So a government scheme, mean paid by taxpayers or by government coffers, uh, but to put senior citizens in employment. 
Now, personally, I, I think we should make a distinction between the two things. I mean, the government can support senior citizens who have, uh, you know, few, uh, who don't have sufficient savings. They don't have to put them in a context of work in order for that to work, right? Uh, the, You're but, talking about allowances and pensions. Yeah, a pension, yeah. like a universal pension scheme mm. would, would work. Um, or making sure that, you know, um, healthcare is still socialized and that, you know, we have a great public health care system so that that particular cost doesn't knock back an older person in terms of their savings. Uh, but the good part of it, I think, and maybe the positives, is that uh, work might actually be good for older people if it can be calibrated for them. And I think this is what the um, uh, the professor from uh, UPM was suggesting, that it is calibrated for the person's health and that they can actually, um, they have the capacity to do it. Well, health is in a couple of ways, right? Because um, I think that the original statement kind of looked more at physical health, but it's also worth talking about mental health or mental capacity um, and, and what might be suited for older people um, in, in that context. But she also pointed out that the having jobs would help the elderly deal with loneliness, saying that this is an important consideration, that older people are more prone to suffer mental health issues post-retirement. Uh, she cited dementia as an example, and that uh, seniors with dementia actually require more care um, than other seniors. And therefore, if continuing to work can help to stave that off, then that's no small thing. So there are a number of, of aspects to consider here. But what it boils down to is a suggestion for a government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens. So the idea being that the government would help to keep senior citizens employed post-retirement and in order for them to be able to earn money and support themselves do you support this? What do you think? Whose responsibility is it to care for the elderly? Let us know. You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM 89.9. It's 6.15 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And we're asking you today, in a society, whose responsibility is it to care for the elderly? This is coming as a uh, professor from UPM has proposed a government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens, saying that this would help to address poverty among older people. Um, it might also help to uh, deal with issues of mental health, loneliness, things like that. And uh, that had us thinking, firstly, do you support this? Do you think that if an older person has reached a point in their lives post-retirement where they're finding it hard to make ends meet, that they should go back to work? Um, let us know. Whose responsibility, like we're saying, is it to care for the elderly? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. To start off with, uh, Yap says the government must care for the elderly. That's because the elderly have spent half their lives working and paying income taxes towards the government's coffers. Yep, you're absolutely right. I mean, in that sense, uh, you can say that the elderly, at least. A citizen can make demands on government to support them in their old age because they've been a productive member of society. But yeah, but I wonder if you would consider whether uh, this is actually a kind of um, something that we need to kind of interrogate, right? The assumption that government needs to step in. Whereas in a lot of countries, uh, families are the ones who are primarily involved in the care of the elderly, assuming that the, the elderly have had children and therefore and the children have the capacity right and uh, you know and we were talking about it earlier there's some governments in the world that are in fact either incentivize or in fact legislate to make sure that families do not abandon their elderly that because they don't want this to become a burden for the state and for you know the kind of state bureaucracy to get involved I think it's a it's a tricky one um, because even if we're saying the government must care for the elderly, the the question really is in what form? Um, because the government sponsored employment scheme could be seen also as a way for the government to take care of the elderly, right? By uh, you know teaching a man to fish, so to speak, even though this man or woman in question has been fishing for the better part of their lives. So um, I, I think that it, it's one way. That's one way to look at it. The idea of family, I I think. 
Well, I appreciate the thought and I think in many contexts it makes sense. I do... I do find it hard to reckon with for people who, for whatever reason, don't have family uh, or who, for whatever reason, have very complicated family dynamics. And it's just it just doesn't make sense for it to be that way. Yeah, there's also, I think, uh, the reality of modern life, urbanization, uh, the greater individualization of you know our lives so that we don't see ourselves primarily as having responsibilities for uh, our parents. And I've heard parents speak of their children saying, you know, uh, when I grow older, I don't expect my children to look after me. And they're making the plans. But this is a very middle class phenomenon, right? And I think a lot of uh, people don't assume that. They do assume that the children that they've looked after will also pay them back in t- and pay them back in quotes in terms of care and this is just uh, it's cultural that you know we as Malaysians as Asians as human beings whatever in a lot of societies around the world you know children look after their parents well Ginny says I think it would be better if we could just have a minimal wage for everyone regardless of how old you are so everyone is well protected when unemployed it might sound grand but I think the best way would be to give money straight instead of incentives, programs all. Yeah, so, Ginny, uh, I don't quite... So I'm trying to imagine, right, even what a government scheme would look like. Would the government create the jobs and then employ the older people? Or would this, as we have in some countries, uh, the government um, gives a subsidy to employers. So if, empl- if you employ somebody over 65, for instance, then the government somehow helps you as a business by giving you... Uh, uh, a some amount of money that goes towards their salary. And that is one way of finding some sort of partnership between government and private enterprise. So government is not involved in creating the jobs. The jobs are already out there in the in the marketplace, uh, but the government is incentivizing employers to uh, hire older people. Actually, I think that what Jimny is talking about is universal basic income. Ah, yeah, I ah. think that that is the argument, actually, that there should just be um, universal basic income, a minimum wage for everybody, um, you know, given to everyone, regardless of retirement or whatever. All right. OK, uh, if that's the case, then I- indeed, I-, I think that is one of the kind of things that have been proposed uh, globally for dealing with um, the nature, the changing nature of work and such. Um, they're also, as we mentioned earlier, the Socialist Party of Malaysia's suggestion of a pension scheme, right, for older people. So this is not a universal basic income, but a universal income for older people. So, well, OK, so it's not universal, it's just for all the people. Um, but this would be one way of dealing with the fact that uh, older people also might not want to be beholden to their families and to the younger, you know, to their children, right? So to be clear, I think there are a few things that we could discuss on this. Uh, one of which, of course, is what we have been talking about, which is the responsibility. Who should it fall to to care for the elderly, right? Um, especially older folks who find themselves on hard times financially. So that's one thing. Who should it be? Should it be the family or the government? Should it be family, government or self? I think that seems to be the three main categories, right? Is it just up to the individual? Should the government step in or should the family really bear the the largest responsibility for it. That's one. Um, The other thing that I'm interested in is that uh, Professor Zumila actually said that the the jobs should be calibrated for senior citizens' fitness and capability. And I think there um, we open up a whole other aspect of the conversation, which is what kinds of jobs are we talking about, right? Are are they, if we look at Singapore, since Singapore is is, um, the prime example, if we look at Singapore, uh, you see a lot of people working jobs that I think I can fairly call menial, um, you know, people who are cleaning tables, people who are busing, uh, busing tables, food courts. You see older people working in places, uh, in fast food restaurants, things like that. Is that what we're seeing or are we seeing more like professional folks who are re-entering their profession at a different level? Yeah, I guess you there'll be people from all the different trajectories in terms of work uh, who are getting older and therefore will find their level. Uh, but, you know, your mention of Singapore is interesting because there was a, a somewhat controversial statement made by the late Lee Kuan Yew, I think, with regard to older people working in Singapore. And he saw it or framed it as a demonstration of, you know, the kind of industriousness of Singaporeans. And then he, the critics pushed back on that saying, actually, 
actually what it in fact was a reflection was the lack of compassion in Singaporean society, that Singapore as a system did not provide for older people. So they were forced to go back to work and they were forced to do medium work. So somebody in their 70s, you know, still working hard, you know, at a McDonald's. And I, I think there's something to be said for a discussion about compassion when it relates to older people and the demands that we make on them to say, well, if the state is going to give you something, then you have to give the state something back. And that would be a job scheme. Whereas, you know, a purer form of compassion would be something like a universal income for all the people to make sure that they never fall through, uh, you know, and never, you know, they have some level of subsistence, I think. That, I think, would be a much more compassionate um, approach. Let us know what you think. Um, basically, Basically, whose responsibility is it to care for the elderly? Should it really just fall for to the self? Um, should it be the family? Should it be the government? And on the extension of that question, since we're talking today about a government-sponsored employment scheme, which is being suggested, um, what kind of jobs might older people be best suited for? How can they contribute? Um, in the workforce. So keep those thoughts coming. Do you think, uh, do you agree with this proposal for a government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens? Would this in fact help to address both poverty um, among older folks as well as assist with things like mental health and loneliness? Um, we'd like to hear from you. Yay or nay, basically. And also... What jobs do you think older people might be best suited for? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Building Fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. It is 6.38. You are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And today we are talking about essentially how to deal with the issue of Senior citizens in poverty. Uh, and this is coming because a professor, Dr. Zumila Zaina Laludin, has suggested that uh, there should be a government sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens and that essentially this would help to address the issue of poverty. Um, it would also presumably um, help people deal with things like loneliness. So I think the first thing we want to know is do you agree with this? Do you think that if, um, do you think that this is a good? way to to help or to help address the problem that we have older people going back into the workforce. Um, the other thing though is whose responsibility should it be to care for the elderly? Should it be should it fall to the self? Um, you know, in other words, I do it, I'm gonna take care of myself. Should it be family? Should it be government? Um, that number to call to weigh in is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, to start things off, we have a voice note that's come in. This is from Rama. Now, we are all Asians, and in the Asian extended family concept, there is a mechanism to take care of older folks within the family. Then again, there is this government where an old person has worked all his life and paid in taxes and so on and so forth. That portion uh, could be the topping up part of needy old age people in the sense that they will have to apply after the age of 70 to the income tax department and the income tax department will do an evaluation of their state of wealth in terms of assets and everything else, the more you have in assets and everything, the lesser will be the sum of pension given to you. With this mechanism, we have what is known as some kind of a passive income for the older folks to carry on with life. Surely, they should not be employed and made to work and have this poor mental feeling that they will have to work till the day they die. They should have a fun, old age, enjoyable life. Thank you. Thanks, Rama. Um, I think, well, firstly, I agree with the sentiment that if you have reached a ripe old age, that really that is the time of your life to sit back and enjoy. Um, because I guess that's just how we've always thought of retirement or how we've always thought of old age, a good old age. Uh, the other thing, though, is that your suggestion does work. 
I think it could work. It could work. Uh, perhaps uh, for those who have paid taxes, you know that in this country, the tax base is tiny. Uh, and that's because uh, a large number of people don't earn enough uh, to pay taxes. And then there's, of course, uh, there are people who, for however they've found a way, they have avoided paying taxes. So that might be a kind of a gap in the way we deal with, especially people from the lower income bracket who might not have, t- as it were, paid into the, the tax uh, system. But on the philosophical side, Lynn, you and I, we both agree with Rama, I think, on this, which is that what do we believe all people in our society are deserving of, right? Rama, you raised the the very simple idea of fun uh, or a kind of peaceful, anxiety-free life, right? The life where you're not chasing money to pay rent or uh, you're not worried about your next meal or, and, you know, you're not worried that you, if you get sick that you won't be able to get the medicines you need. I think that and fun is probably something that all the people in our society are deserving of. So Ebi Furai, meanwhile, says just like it takes a village to raise a child, the community plays a role to support the elderly who want or need to work. Community should not discriminate or look down on those who go back to work and startups... um, like startups should hire seniors to facilitate and match employers to senior employees. Uh, we should not depend on the government to solve our problems. The government should incentivize community efforts to hire seniors. Um, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting debate again, right? How much do you want government to be involved? Because we are, there will always be the problems of a you know, bureaucratization that creeps in and uh, you need to kind of hire a lot of people to make the system work. Well, why not, uh, if, if you prefer, to think of the market, the marketplace, right? So if you incentivize employers to do the, your, that job of matching, then you the government doesn't have to do all the, the hard work of doing the matching. What happens is, oh no, the person can go to a workplace and say, look, I'm will you be hired and I can fall under the scheme, which means that in effect, you're paying me like 500 less than, you know, you would have otherwise. And uh, that I think is perhaps one way of thinking about the, the kind of solutions we're looking for. Which then goes back to, okay, so if we're saying that uh, we have a scheme in which older people can work if they want to and and that um, employers are building off of Abby Furai's point that people should be incentivized, um, then I think we go back to what kinds of jobs are best suited for senior citizens should there be a need for them to work, right? What would be the, the best possible outcome? Because Madi, for example, says in countries where you find seniors working in simple menial jobs, they're often people with minimum skills. The professionals would have their savings to live off unless they gambled it off or they got divorced. Oh, Madi, Madi. I, I wonder about the gambling and divorce. But okay, let's put that aside. Uh, yes, people with minimal skills, right? And people who work where there's actually quite a burden on their bodies. And I, I worry about that because, you know, the thing about growing older is that your body does uh, suffer wear and tear. And if you've been carrying, if you've been working in a job where the the demands, physical demands have been great, you might actually find that it's all going to visit you when you're older and you might not have the physical capacity to do those same kinds of jobs. So then what is suitable for you? Having had, had, having had a hard life, are you going to be expected to carry on uh, with a hard life? Well, Shamil has some suggestions saying it should be, firstly, it should be in this order. So this was the question, um, who should be responsible for caring for the elderly, self, family or government? Shamil says it should be in that order. So for the government part, maybe um, it can be something simpler like craft work or tour guides because our older generation are good at explaining histories, cooking at the school canteen and so on. I think it's cruel to ask the elderly to do hard jobs like working at a, um, working at a petrol station, sweeping roads and so on. Yeah, so uh, Shamil, I agree. Uh, it it would be cruel, and I think this comes back to our vision of what a compassionate society um, would look like in Malaysia if we are committed to that. I think it's part of the Madani framework to talk about compassion, but I think it's you know probably in in fact does predate Madani. But the idea is what does compassion look like, and if the scheme were to be taken up seriously, uh, where would we be pushing the elderly into? I mean, what sectors will be pushing them into. So keep those thoughts coming. Do you think, uh, do you agree with this 
proposal for a government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens. Would this, in fact, help to address both poverty um, among older folks as well as assist with things like mental health and loneliness? Um, We'd like to hear from you. Yay or nay, basically. And also... What jobs do you think older people might be best suited for? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bombing frustrated minds. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. It is 6.50. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod and we're talking today about older people going back to work um, and asking you, is this a a good idea? Um, Essentially, whose responsibility is it to care for the elderly? Um, Should older people be back in the workforce? That's what we want to know. You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. In the meantime, though, we are back to the messages. Let's look at this one from Maurice, who says, my parents were not kind to me growing up. Do you expect me to be filial? I leave it to the government or some charitable organisation to help them. It's not fair to expect me to care for them. You know, that, Maurice, you know, you might not be alone in having those feelings. Um, We talk about culture, we talk about being Asian, but, you know, but it's, it's true on an individual level, uh, people just might not have great relationships with their parents and therefore those feelings of filial piety or obligation or duty might in fact uh, fall through. Well, I think um, the other part of it is also that is also that not kind is one thing. Um, in some cases... In some cases, parents did not actually provide care. And so I, I know that we're not talking about a transactional relationship. I don't want to make it sound so cold as if um, earlier Sharad used the term payback. And, and I know that that is the sort of the most transactional version of what happens, right? Um, the other way to look at it is parents took care of you when you're young, you take care of them when they're old. It's a moral obligation, It right? is. Um, but then, of course, you could argue that if you were not cared for, not not just that they were unkind, but if they you were not cared for, that that's where this sort of feeling might be coming from. We do have a caller on the line with us. Um, well, uh, for, my, for myself, because I am single and I think you are bound to get more single elderly people also. So if we were to have uh, jobs and partly uh, uh, supported by the government, it would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, moreover, there are like the kind of jobs like uh, my friend who has been uh, who has a restaurant and another one who has a canteen. They find it difficult to employ young people because those people tend to steal money, and I'm sure that the elderly they are more honest in their uh, in their works and in their jobs. And if for example, working at uh, a uh, fast food center is not that hard, so we can manage it, of course, to a certain age. Fatima, can I ask you, would you think that the government needs to get involved in older people finding a job, or can older people actually find the jobs on their own? It's difficult for us to find the jobs on our own because when it comes to advertisements and so forth, they set a limit to the age. But if the government were to do the support, then they can pre-evaluate the citizens based on what they are capable of. And it will be easier for them to allocate and to recommend to the employers. Fatima, thank you so much for calling. I I think that um, I I think actually that was such a well thought through response to the notion of the scheme because we've been using the word scheme because well I mean to be fair that that's how it was described and the thing is when you say scheme it can go in any number of ways right it it could be uh, it could be executed with layers of bureaucracy it could be executed either through tax exemptions or you know what have you but I think that is a really clear reason for why something like this could work Um, a pre-vetting a matching or at least you know having people come sort of pre-recommended 
No, absolutely. I when I listened to Fatima and asked that question, I, I I think I wasn't aware of the practical difficulties that older people, I mean, meaning people in you know in the late sixties or seventies, might have in trying to find work. Especially as she she rightly puts, you know, often uh, there's a cap on age with advertising, you know, with the uh, advertising of a job. And so, how do you overcome that? And she, her suggestion is that, in fact, with government support through a kind of um, articulated policy, this might in fact be a way of jumping that barrier. I was thinking about um, that point about being single um, because that, that was something that was mentioned as well and how we are talking about elderly folks now, um, so therefore baby boomers primarily. But in time, um, and this is something that has been observed more and more, right, which is that um, birth rates are dropping, increasingly people are choosing not to get married, um, People are choosing to to stay single. And, and this is a phenomenon that has been observed, especially among Gen Z, for example. It's something that's been talked about. So you may be heading towards a generation, um, you know, long after you and I, Sherrod, have, have become old and withered. Um, you know, we, we well, may be... Well, me before you, for but sure. Still, um, but we're looking at a generation of um, more single people, actually, than more people within the family structure, the traditional family structure. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that government uh, policymakers will have to contend with. We're not just looking at older people, we're actually looking at uh, a slow but steady transformation of our social structures, right? The ch- changing shape of uh, families, no longer extended families, back to the nuclear family, to, in fact, as you put it, you know, uh, a huge number of people who will be single going into old age who will have no family to count on, but will have to I have either made the preparation for it or will have to have government step in. Uh, we have a voice note, actually, that's come in. This is from Johnny again. Hello, BFM. I'm a an, uh, qualified and experienced IT engineer, age 62 years old. I lost my job during the MCO, but now I'm trying to find jobs. I already applied for two jobs this year, but no reply at all. So I'm hoping the government would have some initiative for companies like tax rebate to encourage hirings of senior engineers. It's such a waste I have so much experience and knowledge and I'm unable to contribute to the society. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Um, Again, a a good argument, a solid argument in favour of a scheme, uh, a proper scheme. Yeah, I understand in uh, in Singapore they do have a, a scheme specifically for kind of mid-career, well, not mid-career, like 40s and 50s, right? People people have, uh, who are in the professional sector who've lost jobs and, and the government try to incentivize uh, their return. The question really is, you know, for Johnny, you, would you accept a lower pay? Um, right? Because that seems, I think, a stumbling block. If you have had so much experience, your last drum pay might not be something a company will want to fork out. Would you be willing to accept something lower in order to have a job? Oh, I would extend that, actually. Um, so pay is one thing. Must you work in engineering? Ah, well, okay. Uh, so, because that's a separate thing as well. But because jo- yeah, but that's Johnny's point, though. Johnny is saying I have so much experience; yes. it's a waste to not utilize my experience, which I completely see. And, and I think that again, this is why the conversation today necessarily has to go in a lot of different directions because we're talking about people who come from a lot of different working backgrounds. Because if 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 the story is I lost my job and I need um, income, then the question would be. What salary is acceptable to you? Um, does it have to be within the career you you were in in the past? Um, if instead it's I really think that there would be value in me continuing to be in the workforce, then then the field is is a different thing, right? Uh, keep those thoughts coming. We want to know what jobs might older people be best suited for, and we're asking this because there has been a suggestion for senior citizens to keep working or return to the workforce as a way to alleviate poverty, as a way to assist with mental health. Is this something that you're for? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from mediocrity, BFM eighty nine point nine. It 
is 7.08 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And um, the starting point of the story was the proposal from a professor, Dr. Zumila Zainal Aludin, who is from UPM, who said that there should be a government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens uh, to help alleviate poverty, to help address issues of mental health and loneliness fundamentally. And so... Because of that, we're asking you, how would you feel about older people returning to the workforce? Um, and what jobs might older people be best suited for? What might be a good fit? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start things off with a voice note that came in. This is from TIDJ. The thing is, a lot of parents I see around me, uh, they treat their kids as insurance or investments for the future, and I don't quite agree with that. I'm lucky my parents don't treat my siblings or I that way. Uh, so anything we give back to them is really, you know, from, from us, it, it's generous. Um, my mom was working till her mid-70s, and... I feel like sometimes working is really keeping the mind active more than anything else, and it could be good for the elderly to continue working. Um, but at the same time, I'm also conflicted because I don't want the elderly to be holding on to positions where they're very much out of touch with. There are decisions they make if they were in upper management. Well, they, they're just illogical and they're very archaic. TIDJ, thank you. So um, a few different points there. I'm just going to reiterate just because the sound quality was was not the best. Um, so I think it's firstly that it's good when parents don't treat their kids like insurance um, against old age. Uh, but then the other part of it is the conflicted feeling that comes from seeing older people continue to work, keeping the mind sharp, um, but worrying about older people also holding on to positions that they're not actually best placed to have anymore because they're out of touch potentially. Yeah, there's a lot that, you know, that I think is really food for thought. Um, but I, I would say that, you know, this idea that... Um, the, 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 the care and love that's given back is genuine. I think that even in all these traditional societies... It could be transactional in the in one level, but I mean, not in a bad way, but just in the way in which the species has developed, right? I mean, parents care for kids, kids care for parents, and they're also their own, you know, uh, offspring and so on and so forth. It was just the way things were. And so if kids were an insurance against the future calamity in old age, it was just part of the way I think it was to be human. Today, we, we I think we shy away from that. We think of it as transactional and cold, when I think it was actually kind of part of our DNA. Well, I mean, I'm still a part of the system, not in a bad way, um, but I recognize that I'm... I'm uh, it's not, I don't view it as transactional, but I do view it as, like you said, not just a moral obligation, but also a sentimental obligation. I, I view it as a way of showing care in an Asian context, which, you know, I think can sometimes be challenging. And, and I don't know that it's such a bad thing to associate financially caring for somebody with also emotionally caring for somebody, right? Like it, like you said, it can feel a little bit icky, but there's no reason for it to be to be seen that way. Uh, some people kind of chiming in to TIDJ's point about archaic, illogical decisions. Um, ZY says, realistically, what are the jobs that older folks can do? Looking at technology-resistant or phobic groups, not to mention the entitled ones flaunting it. Um, just to add on, being a teacher or trainer might be a good prospect in school or in occupational classes, but they, then again, they must be open to share their Kung Fu or else it defeats the purpose. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this job matching issue is there and I do um, see that in older people, myself included, right? I mean, because we have so much experience, we're likely to kind of hark back to those days, uh, sometimes in a way that's actually debilitating for for new thought to arise or new ways of thinking, because it's like, it was good enough in my day, why should we change now? kind of expressions. And I think um, you need to find the right fit. And it's always like anybody, I think even with young people, right? The right attitude for the job so that it's productive and it works with the team. And also acknowledging um, that there are some things that can't be done already. 
that um, that maybe it's just too steep a learning curve, and that's okay. Like that's that's completely fine. And I think that kind of acknowledgement does need to come from on both sides of the equation. In other words, you you can't kind of enter a space and say I have always been an expert. <laughs> you know, despite the fact that you may have been in fact an expert for a significant part of your career, uh, but now maybe posting on TikTok is not going to be your thing. It's possible. Yeah, well, you know, the other day I had a fascinating conversation with a taxi driver who was a former aeronautical engineer and, you know, and spent many years flying because at that point, the technology of the Boeings or whatever it is he was flying required somebody like him to do the calculations, to be in the cockpit with the pilots. Those job, that job no longer exists because of the development technology. And that's going to be something that a lot of older people are going to contend with. In fact, that their jobs have no longer exist in the way they exist. So they need to reach for something more, right? I think so. Uh, we also have the ooh, the continuation of this notion of, okay, what kind of jobs? How many jobs? Um, coming in the form of this voice note from Azamin. At the end of the day, um, unless we are talking about creation of new jobs, uh, we practically have a finite number of jobs. So if you were to employ the elderly, at the same time, we also have youth unemployment uh, to, to deal with. Uh, so I think in terms of employment, it should be on, on merit unless the elderly can, can offer something that the youth cannot uh, provide, like, of course, uh, in terms of experience, skills and, and so on. But of course, uh, we should not put employers in, in this kind of dilemma between uh, employing elderly and, and getting substandard uh, services. Uh, so I suppose instead of having this scheme, what we should have is uh, prevention against discrimination towards uh, these elderly people uh, so that they can get the job that, that suit them. Thank you, Azamin. Uh, Dexter also says, I'm just entering the workforce. If the government gives employers an incentive to hire older people, then what about us? Will I have to compete with people with so much more experience? Yeah, Azamin and Dexter, I think you both hit the nail on the head in, in this one regard. Any scheme that the government puts together uh, might feel to the group that's not outside the scheme as a form of discrimination, right? So, for instance, if the government incentivizes the employment of older people, uh, that could be seen as young, for younger people as a kind of form of discrimination. The question will be... If this decision is made at an enterprise level, I mean, mean the businesses or the institutions or whatever are making the decisions, they're going to find a balance between all the competing issues, right? Of merit, of capacity, of wages and so forth. Uh, also of the... Uh, of the value that you might get out of a part-time employee with whom you don't have to give that many benefits in comparison to a full-time employee. And, and there I'm just talking about how part of the suggestion of the scheme was that maybe older people would work for four to five hours and get compensated accordingly. And you might argue that a, a company might see more benefit in that compared with a younger person with whom I'm also going to have to pay EPF, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I think for Azmin, your, your concerns are, are really important for any policymaker to take on board. The question is, would it be better for individual enterprises to make that decision, even with the backing of government and incentives and schemes, that rather than for the government, but you know, forcing businesses to take on or or creating jobs that might in fact be just there for the sake of having that scheme. Keep those thoughts coming. Um, we are asking you, how do you feel about older people potentially returning to the workforce? Um, there's been a suggestion for a government-assisted scheme to that effect. What jobs uh, might older people be best suited for? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Banish Fraudulent Maneuvers, BFM 89.9. It's 7.18 and you are listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about a proposed government-sponsored employment scheme for senior citizens to help with the issue of poverty among older folks um, and also potentially assist with uh, loneliness, mental health. And we're asking you, how do you feel about older people potentially returning to the workforce? What jobs might they be best suited for? You can call 7733 
Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We actually have a voice note that's come in um, and this is from Roberto. In my country, a job that is given to elderly people are these, you know, when, when you buy your groceries and they arrange and put the things inside the bags. And of course, it's in exchange of a tip or something like that. It's not, they don't need to carry the, the bags. They just arrange the things, uh, the grocery at the grocery store. It's a large, most of the chain stores, they have them there. Now, that is a physical job that probably not suitable for everybody though. Anyway, going back to the point of who should have to look after elderly people, I believe probably I will be not as <laughs> lovable anymore, but I think that we, after managed to get our kids or children out of the university, then all the efforts should come to save as much as possible to get that money for our own retirement. I do acknowledge that, culturally speaking, family here in Asia is very uh, looking after the elderly people, but I think that uh, the families also have to have the burden of their own children. So I think that it's only fair that we put our children uh, already out of university with a secure job, that's it. Then they can take care of themselves and start their own family and their own things. So I think that it's complicated, and ultimately, uh, probably towards the end, probably there must be something that uh, we can do about it with uh, government initiatives, perhaps. Roberto, uh, thank you for that point of view. I, I think that, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's actually that controversial a statement. Um, it's, it is anathema to, to the... Um, the Asian perspective, perhaps, on how things have traditionally been. But increasingly, I think a lot of people do agree with you that ultimately you are responsible for yourself, you're responsible for the children under your own care, but beyond that, you are still responsible for yourself. They're not responsible for you. Yeah, but, you know, the the practicalities of it, Roberta, I think one of the things that I anticipate is this works very well for middle class in Malaysia where you can put away savings, your earnings as such. But, you know, there's so many people don't even pay taxes. The EPF savings are nothing to speak of and will not last. And so what do they do, right? So work when they can, until they can, and then they have to rely on their loved ones. And hopefully those relationships are still good. Or they go to charity organizations, and there are many religious-based organizations that do elder care and they work on a, on a, that uh, formula, that model where funding comes in and, and then they look after. But you know, maybe the care is not top-notch. Uh, it might not be um, you know, full of the kind of love and extra bits that families can provide, but it, it could provide one form of assistance for older people. We have um, two, let's see, two two votes um, in favour of a universal pension. Ben says, we have a stay-in caregiver to look after our mum who has dementia. She's 74 this year. The specialised caregiver fee is so, so expensive. It ranges from 5k and above monthly. We barely make ends meet. Me and my sisters all chip in to support that fee. Surely it's our priority to look after our mum. But if the government can lend a helping hand, that would be great. I fully agree with the idea of universal elderly basic income. Um, also, please help to create more awareness on dementia patients. I personally feel they have been sidelined. Fadzli says, uh, so that was Ben. Uh, now Fadzli says, I watched and at times helped my parents and extended family care for my late grandfather. It was difficult not just for us, but for him too, being ferried around from household to household every other week. And it led to many undignified circumstances which must have wounded his pride. And my parents, uncles and aunties aren't exactly in good condition themselves, so it added more strain. While ideally a family should care for their elders, the reality isn't always so simple. Something like a universal pension, along with improvements to our elderly healthcare industry, would at least allow our elders options and hopefully a better quality of life. 
Yeah, I think Fuzzly, you know, uh, sort of mentions this word pride, and I think it's really important to think about that because um, older people often, you know, when I think when younger look, people look at older people, they don't remember, they don't think that or recognize that they were once young too, right? And so they come with a lot of pride about who they were. And so any scheme that I think reduces uh, a, someone's sense of pride to be part of it would be a problem. But um, and it's important to kind of keep that in mind. But Fazli and Ben, I think you're absolutely right. That needs to be more support for families. Uh, so that they can provide for their elderly, uh, whether they're working or they're kind of in post-work situation. Yeah, and that mention of how a universal pension um, would directly be helpful, I think, is is very interesting. Um, we also have a voice note that has come in. This is from Bing. Any jobs, actually, that old people can come back and work. Uh, I'm using it from the perspective of uh, finance, banking. Uh, a lot of times when people retire, you know, they can always come back as a special uh, assignment for a short period of time. Uh, notably in credit, uh, where their vast spans and uh, experience actually counts a lot. And in banking nowadays, there is a vacuum of such experience. And uh, this is to really make use and to close the gap of the existing bankers, which uh, do not have that kind of knowledge anymore because a lot of things right now are program based but when it comes to the soft part of it uh, the old bankers are the ones that actually has it so yeah they aren't useless they're in fact very valuable and a lot so long as a job requires a lot of thinking and subjectivity well the old people can still contribute mind you it's the experience that counts not so much you know the technicals and Bing, thank you. So um, a financial or rather a perspective from the finance um, sector. Thank you. I want to say segment, <laughs> division, <laughs> department. None of it was yeah. right. And, then, and that I think once we get beyond the generalities and the, and the principles, we're going to have to look at these issues from a, a sector-based um, you know, perspective and also to look at capacities, right? So you're a professional in your background, if you are uh, were more in terms of menial work, then what would the future of work look like for you uh, post kind of retirement age? Uh, Wenjo is also for consultancy or, you know, something like that, saying, I fully agree. Obligations aside, working helps the elderly maintain an active mind, gives them a purpose to continue living especially for those without children. It's amazing how rapidly our brains deteriorate once it realises that there's not much reason for it to stay active. The work entailed could be light, like ad hoc consultancy, or three days a week. I sometimes feel the weekend might be a reason for the deterioration of my brain. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's what the professor from UPM was even suggesting, that there are all kinds of unintended benefits beyond the work that might be useful for society as a whole. Anon says, I agree that it should be individual, family and government in that order based on the physical and mental state of the elderly person concerned. I think any self-respecting person would not like to be made to feel that he or she is no longer useful or relevant with the passing of time, that they have to depend on handouts. As for those of us who didn't have loving and or generous parents, I'd like to think that we will not stoop to taking revenge on our parents who are now old and weak. Uh, remember that our own children are always watching. They might think that that's an acceptable way to treat parents poorly as long as they feel justified. There is blessing in forgiving even if we cannot forget. Um, I agree with Johnny that there are senior citizens who are still capable of sharing valuable work experience and the young can benefit from it without having to go through the same mistakes. Companies should leave things flexible when it comes to employing seniors. And of course, physical, the physical aspect would need greater handling. Anand, I couldn't have said it better. Um, I, I think one thing I would like to say, though, is the point about welfare or handouts, because... Um, I think that that might be how we see something like a universal pension because it doesn't currently exist. And it's very easy for, for that to be politicised and called welfare or handouts when in fact it might just be seen as a right that you have as a citizen of the country. So I think when we, when we talk about accepting welfare, um, you know, I, I don't know that it's... Uh, I think it really depends sometimes on how it's framed. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, in Malaysia, I think it will be much more uh, acceptable because we don't have the kind of anti-welfareist politics of, say, a country like Singapore, right? Uh, that's totally true. I think I just wonder whether, um, because right now we are in a state where 
I could be oversensitive. I, I think sometimes when something is um, proposed, that it gets latched onto and politicized very, very quickly. And, and something like welfare is ripe for that. Yeah. There's also this real problem that is we as we age, there are fewer people at the bottom. Sorry, at as well, the younger people are supporting more people on the top, and younger people might resent more tax dollars going to That's supporting what I mean. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but on a whole, um, I think where we've come out is that. Ideally, working should be an option, um, but not a given, that there needs to be more support for families of various permutations and older people as a whole. I think that's kind of the outcome of today's show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.